I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can step up to the plate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, Bet the live same-game parlays for every MLB game and track your game and bets live with box scores and play-by-play. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+, plus, 18+, plus in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem for 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. It is a Monday edition of New York, New York with yours truly. JJ, John Stremsky, we're moving and shaking, rocking and rolling right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And you would think a guy that went 0-2 ATS on Championship Sunday would be in a way lousier mood. But I am in a really good mood for two reasons kicking off this show. One, my Super Bowl beat from the beginning of the year. The Los Angeles Rams lives to die another day. We are fired up about that. And you know what else I'm stoked about? We don't have to see the whole Mahomes clan, Brittany and Jackson and all of them, the insufferable Kansas City Chiefs said bye-bye. And I'm going to own this. I'm going to apologize. And I'm going to just eat a boatload of crow. I could not have been more wrong on the Cincinnati Bengals in every single postseason game. That's me owning it. That's me accepting it. I'm at the podium. I'm facing the music. But guess what? I'm watching this game today. And at 21-3, I'm watching with two buddies of mine, two of my great, great friends. Great, great friends. I might have been a little cocky. In saying the Cincinnati Bengals don't belong. How sick would you be if you're the Buffalo Bills? And for basically a quarter and a half to two quarters, the Cincinnati Bengals looked like a team that did not belong on the same field as the Kansas City Chiefs. They ran way too many screen passes. They didn't feel good about their protection. The Chiefs are torturing them with Tyreek Hill. They're torturing them with Travis Kelsey. They're running the ball. It's McCall Hardman. The game is over. Even when the Bengals at 21-3 score a touchdown, you see Kansas City go right down the field and get inside the five-yard line. I'm like, geez, what are we doing for the fourth quarter? 
Good thing we have prop bets. Good thing we have yardage things to root for because this game is done so. The entire feel and complexion of the AFC Championship game changed at the end of the first half. And there is a critique that's out there that I want to correct because I've seen it way too much on my Twitter page. I've seen it way too much on social media. Now, I don't know what they were saying at halftime. To be honest with you, at halftime, I had to eat something. I had to run to the bathroom, so I didn't hear. Basically, all I heard was the music that was blaring from Arrowhead Stadium. So my apologies to the NFL Today crew. You probably didn't get a word in. That's the way the cookie crumbles. But the issue for the Chiefs, in all seriousness, was not the idea of, oh, they should have kicked the field goal with five seconds left. Totally disagree. You got the best player in the sport. You got five seconds. You're on the two-yard line. You got plenty of time to run one of those quick plays, have two or three seconds on the clock, and then you send your place kicker out there. Very simple. I see it in the NFL all the time. The issue was that Patrick Mahomes got way too cute. He's the best player in the sport. He's remarkable. Let's call it like it is. From the final play of the first half until the end of the game, it's like the monsters zap Mahomes all his power. He stunk. The decision to dance around and try to make something happen. Pat, you got to be better than that, bro. That, that That's an inexcusable type of mistake. That's a mistake I'd expect to see from Zach Wilson. That's not what I expect to see from Patrick Mahomes in an AFC title game. And for whatever the reason, folks, for whatever the reason, the Cincinnati Bengals were galvanized going into the locker room. On the flip side, the Kansas City Chiefs, I'll say it, Looked spooked. And I want to give my guy, Lou Anarumo, Staten Island's finest. We root Staten Island. Listen, native Staten Island guys. So when I see Staten Island people do great things, listen, there are many. Pete Davidson, Colin Joes. There's a guy hosting this podcast who might be from there. So I like to shout out my borough when we're in the news. Lou Anarumo coached my old history teacher at Susan Wagner High School, the great Tim Kelty. And Tim Kelty told me about a month ago, you love this guy. And he was on the Dolphins staff and he's been an NFL lifer. What they did in the second half with the talent on that Cincinnati team is insane to me. Absolutely insane. So I'm going to credit their defense, but I'm also going to say, well, what happened to Mahomes? How does Tyree Kill, who is torching, torching the Bengals, what happened to Tyree Kill in the second half of this game? And then boom, this game turned in an instant. It's 21-10, Bengals kick a field goal, and then boom, the interception. And then once the Bengals ended up tying the game, you're like, holy shit, game on, game on. But I think for a lot of us, I know I was in this boat still, even though I'm a little salty about the spread at this point in time, I'm like, Kansas City's still going to win. Even when Cincinnati took the lead, I'm like, Kansas City's still going to win. Mahomes got three and a half minutes. He's screwing around the second half. He's going he's gonna to find a way to win the game. Then you get to their play calls. Second down. You got time. Run the ball. And listen, I love Tony Romo. Nobody's a bigger Tony Romo fan than me. I love Tony Romo. I think he's great on the games. He's energetic. Like, he loves football. And I respect the hell out of him for that. Tony had a rough day. Let's call it like it is. Tony had a rough day. I mean, the idea of suggesting Neil Downs and then suggesting to let the Kansas City Chiefs score with a three-point lead with the way that second half is going? I'm like, Tony, what what are you talking about, bro? 
What were you drinking? What were you smoking before the broadcast? I, I'd love to know. Not Tony Romo's best broadcast. This will not be up there with the AFC title game with Mahomes and Brady from a couple of years ago. Just a little food for thought. But the run call, no. It's Mahomes running around, making an asinine decision, taking a sack. Boom, they end up kicking a field goal. All right, game goes to overtime. We spent last week, all the overtime rules in the NFL, they suck. They're awful. And listen, I'm not a fan. No issues for the Cincinnati Bengals today with overtime because the Chiefs got the ball and Mahomes turned it over. And you know what helps Cincinnati? Two things throughout this postseason run. They're gritty, yes, but they got a clutch, ballsy quarterback who's got swagger oozing out of him galore. And it's funny. I was on the golf course, I want to say in late October, early November. It was right after the Bengals lost to the Jets, believe it or not. Whenever the hell that was. It was with myself, the great Bob Riggio, one of Port Authority's finest, and uh, the great Chris Lopresti over at FAM. My old pal, my old friend. We're on the course. And I said something Monday, not working over a couple of pops. And they looked at me like I had 10 hits. I said, I would take Joe Burrow as my quarterback over Justin Herbert. They're like, JJ, you fucking crazy. You nuts. Ba, ba, ba. Herbert, he's got the golden body, the arm. He's Adonis. Yeah. I'll take a quarterback like that every day of the week, twice again on Sunday, because he's got balls of steel. Burrow's got an if factor about him. And there's still an element of that that you need to have in order to play the position. Burrow has serious balls. You saw it. You know who else has serious balls? The place kicker, Evan McPherson. How many big kicks has Evan McPherson made in this postseason run? I mean, my goodness, from the Raider game to last week to this week. And now the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I'm shocked. I didn't think they had a chance in hell to win this game. And yeah, you get all the praise a week ago, you got to get a lot of the blame this week. Mahomes stunk in the second half. From the end of the first half on, Mahomes couldn't have played worse. They scored three points. The Kansas City freaking Chiefs scored three points in the second half in overtime. Stunned. Absolutely stunned. You wonder about Andy Reid. That team will be back. Listen, Mahomes is your quarterback. You're always going to be back. But you think about their run. As brilliant as he has been. Four years in the AFC title game, only one Super Bowl to show for it. As far as victory. Shows you it's not that easy. Now, the other game, it's all about survival for the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams in the first half did everything in their power to go and lose that game. Everything in their power. From Stafford, the ill-advised pick in the red zone. Killer. The drop when Van Jefferson comes out of the game. And I don't even remember the guy's name on the Rams. The other, the other, the other dude. That's what we'll call him. The other dude. I'm just screaming, catch the ball, bro. I mean, Stafford drops it right in the breadbasket, for goodness sakes. You're up. You're feeling good about yourself. And instead, it's a drop. And you don't get points. And Gay's missing field goals. And everything's working against the Rams to the point where they're down at halftime. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be freaking kidding me. Because the game, the feel, is exactly what San Francisco wants. Efficient Garoppolo maximizing red zone chances, making it ugly, not making it a track meet, playing right into the Niners' hands. Then you got Sean McVay in the second half basically calling timeouts like it's nobody's freaking business. They get second, third, fourth down. They can't get a yard. And then to make matters worse, I got to see McVay 
challenge when it's clear as day he didn't get the first down. I'm like, Sean, come on, bro. You got to be better now. Got to be better now. Hideous coaching. The Rams survived it. And they were down 10. They needed a score. Cup and Beckham made every big play. Cup is one of, if not the best receiver in football. He's impossible to guard. He makes things happen after the catch. He gets open down the field. The guy's ridiculous. But let's give love to Beckham. Folks, when the Rams brought in Beckham, and it just goes to show you, I admit when I'm wrong. I thought Beckham going to Hollywood was like Geely, bro. I thought it was a Hollywood production that was going to go right down the toilet, living on big names, not getting big name performance. Beckham has been like Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. That's how good he has been. Maybe this is fresh on the mind because I watched Goodfellas over the weekend. He's like Pesci and Goodfellas. He's making every big play. Hands catches. Yak. Down the field. Blondie. I love it. I love it, baby. See, I own it. I own it, Odell. You play like that, I give you credit. The Rams would not be in the Super Bowl without Odell Beckham Jr. That's just the God's honest truth. They would not be playing in the Super Bowl if they didn't have Beckham alongside Cup contributing the way that he is. So they score, and then two plays are going to haunt the Niners, in my opinion. Two plays. Actually, three. Fourth and two. Up three. They have an opportunity to go for it. They have an opportunity to drop the hammer. They don't drop the hammer. They take the delay game. They punt the football away. Why? Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust his quarterback. Simple as that. Doesn't trust his quarterback. Second play that's going to haunt the Niners. The dropped interception. Oh, my goodness. You're up three. You get a pick there. Stafford just threw it up. You might be singing a different tune. And then last but not least, in the timeout sequence, Shanahan has got to call timeout north of the two-minute warning. Wasted about 30 or 40 seconds. All opportunities squandered for San Francisco. But I do believe the better team won. I think the Rams are more explosive. I think the Rams have shown you throughout this postseason and this year. They got guts. They had to survive basically 50% of the building being San Francisco 49ers fans. And they deserve, we're going to spend a lot of time on what this Super Bowl line is. They deserve to be a favorite over the Bengals. Now know this, the Bengals have done me dirty every step along the way in this postseason. We'll see if the Bengals do me dirty one more time with a 15-1 to Super Bowl beak on the line. But we wondered, would Championship Sunday live up to the best divisional round ever? I'm not going to say it's the best championship round ever because, listen, 2018, that's the best with the Saints, Rams, and it followed up by the Pats and the Chiefs. Nothing, in my opinion, will ever top that in my lifetime, in my years of being on this earth. But, hey, when the encore delivers and it's good and the sequel delivers and it's good, you take it. We got a hell of a sequel. We've had six outstanding NFL postseason games. I'm stoked about it. You know what else you should be stoked about? We spent a lot of time on this on Friday. And listen, no days off of the New York, New York crew. Whether it's me taking a Peloton off, Stefan taking a workout off, the Giants hire a coach, we're ready to go. That's how we roll around here. Brian Dable coming in, love it. He and Shane, same timetable. Same wavelength. They know each other. Dable's got a feel for quarterbacks. You'll love that. 
from a giant perspective, you love that. I'm curious to see what his plan is for the team over the next couple of years. I expect him tomorrow to wax poetic about Daniel Jones. But folks, I'm telling you, for you giant fans out there worried, oh, this, this regime, they're, they're going nuts on Jones. It means he's the quarterback for the next four or five years. No, this is a free roll of dice. This is a free year for Daniel Jones to see what he could bring to the table. Mark my words on this. Two years from now, all bets are off of the Giants. But for a franchise that has constantly got it wrong over the better part of the last eight to nine years, I love the fact that the Giants are in a direction and are moving in a way that makes sense, that seems rational. From that standpoint, there's a whole lot to like. And I'm very curious to see this kind of slow cook that you're going to have from this new head coach and this new general manager, how it's going to unfold. But I love that everybody's on the same sort of frame of mind. It's what I was looking for. And it's why I favored ever so slightly Brian Dable over Brian Flores. I think the Giants got the coaching hire and nailed it. GM wanted the head coach. You go and get that guy. Case closed. We got a loaded show. Some voicemails coming up. The great Harry Gagnon. We'll see if he's got a Rams future in play. He's coming up, and what a weekend. What what a time for the NFL. It just goes to show you, the NFL, the best reality show on earth, and it's not even close. All right, voicemails, they're coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, voicemail time. Before we do voicemails, it looks like the end is here for Tom Brady. I never thought this day would come. I absolutely thought he'd be back playing next year, and I wouldn't rule out Brady being spiteful and trying to stick it to Schefter and Rappaport for reporting the news. And Darlington, I I never put anything past Brady, but you heard him kind of wax poetic about his family. He does the, what, man in the arena thing on ESPN. He's got nothing left to prove. The guy's won seven. He won without Belichick. He goes out playing some of the best, if not the best football of his career. And you know what? Enough. Sooner or later, you get to a point where it's like, hey, I don't need this anymore. The Bucs might be in transition. They might not be able to keep as many guys with the salary cap. Let's go out before this gets ugly. And unlike... Ben Roethlisberger, unlike Peyton Manning, unlike Eli Manning, unlike Dan Marino, we are not going to watch old, decrepit Tom Brady hanging on for dear life. And I think that's pretty awesome. And I'm going to own this and admit it. I know the audience ain't going to like it. I'm going to miss Tom Brady, especially now that he was playing in the NFC. I really grew a liking for rooting for Tom Brady-led teams. It made me a lot of money over the years. I'm not going to lie. And last year, I bet him every single game in the postseason. So we'll be forever thankful for our Bucks future just a season ago. So it's not up for debate. It's not up for conversation. Brady's the best to ever do it. If he's hanging him up, salute, Mr. Goat. Salute. All right, voicemail time. And if you're wondering, how do I get in touch with New York, New York? How do I make magic? 917-382-1151. All right, Steph, let's hit it, baby. JJ, this is Jesse from Nashville. Uh, just finished watching the Rams make it to the Super Bowl, and I could not be happier for my guy, Matthew Stafford. Um, 
I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk about him. You know, is he the guy? Can he win the game? I watched him his whole career in Detroit. Uh, this guy's been a gamer through and through. I never, never felt like he was the issue uh, when we had him in Detroit. Um, and I could not be happier for him to make it to uh, the Super Bowl and have such success in his first season out of out of Detroit. Uh, obviously surprised seeing the Bengals in the Super Bowl, but man, what a what a matchup at quarterback! I feel like you have two of the best uh, gamers in the NFL right now. Two guys who uh, elevate their teams and, and do what it takes to give their team the best chance to win. I can't wait to see them. Uh, you know, last week I called. I said, you know, I want to give Matt Stafford his moment. Uh, now it's time we start recognizing him as you know one of the best in the league, and I really hope he can get it done. Uh, but anyway, you know, really looking forward to this matchup. I think it's, it's going to be fun. All right, JJ. Bye. Great call. And you and the great Jeremy in Boston or DC, wherever the hell he is right about now, he's probably smoking a victory stove and maybe having a glass of bourbon celebrating the former lion. And I'm right there with you. I've always been a Matthew Stafford believer. I've always believed he's had some of the most talent out of any quarterback in the National Football League. And he's been in awful situations. Listen, Stafford never won a playoff game in Detroit. How many playoff games did the Lions get to before Matthew Stafford got there? They played like one playoff game in like over a decade. Please, Stafford could play. You put him around talented dudes and he has thrived. Last week, biggest throw of his life, biggest drive of his life, he delivers. Down 10, needing to make something happen, make something happen. Converted a ton of third downs. And he realized, and the Rams finally realized in the second half, enough running the ball. Come Beckham all damn day. Niners couldn't stop him. Simple as that. They had no answer for Cooper Cup, and they had no answer for Odell Beckham Jr. And do the Rams win each of the last two weeks if Jared Goff is their quarterback? That's a resounding no. Resounding no. That's why the Rams making that trade a year ago, stroke of genius as far as I'm concerned. They're one win away from ultimate vindication and ultimate validation. When you have a chance to go for it and you need a quarterback, get the damn quarterback. Case closed. Who's next? JJ, JK from Sayville. Another tough loss last night for the for the Knicks and the Bucks. And you've been saying it all along. It's it's gotta happen. We're a couple weeks away here from the trade deadline. It, this team is missing a star. Julius Randle is not the answer. R.J. Barrett's on the come up. We just have this mishmash of young talent. Honestly, things that are, are guys that are good trade chips. And it's just, can they pull the trigger? Can they bring somebody here that can lead this team and be a difference maker? Even if Randall stays, you know, let him be the number two or number three if he's going to be okay with that, which, you know, is yet to be seen. I think R.J. will relish the opportunity to play alongside somebody uh, a little bit better and just make the decision on the young kids. You know, we brought Cam Reddish in. You got IQ, you got OB, you got all these young guys. Like, unfortunately, I know it's hard. We got to part ways with some of them in order to bring that big time all-star player here that's going to lead this team into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. Or else we're going to be stuck with what we've been stuck with, you know, last year, uh, a one and done situation. So love you, bud. Um, let me know what you think. Good call. Listen, the Knicks are in a brutal spot. They're in a brutal spot for a couple of different reasons. One, the Eastern Conference is a heck of a lot better. Two, 
The regression of Julius Randle has killed this team. Randle was an all-NBA player a year ago. He's the toast of the town. Now, I can't wait to get rid of the guy. His body language stinks. His performance is taking a major dip. And I got news for you. He's never going to be as good as he was last year. That's just the cold, hard truth. You're never going to get that version of Julius Randle again. So what's next for the Knicks? I have no idea. For starters, get Derrick Rose back. And hope that somehow, some way, Derrick Rose can save your season. Second of all, I'm exploring possibilities of trading Julius Randle. I have no idea. Before you guys even ask me, JJ, how are you doing it? I don't know. I'm not a capologist. I know it's going to be super complicated. If Ian Begley's reporting is accurate, which I believe it is, because Ian is one of the best in the business. He's a friend of the show. I love him. If it's accurate, there's interest, and they could trade him, do it. Because right now, this mix, this feel for the Knicks, clearly ain't it. And this team will not get to the top of the mountain until they have a legitimate number one star player on this team. And easier said than done. You know, it's easier said than done to go and get that guy. But they don't have it. And until they have it, they're not going to win. They're not going to win big. All right, who's next? JJ, what's up? It's Chris and Larchmont. Um, listen, I know I, I tend to skew positive as a Jets fan. Um, and bear with me for a second here. So obviously, what an unbelievable run of games, the last six games between the Bengals beating the Chiefs today, that the nail-biter with the Rams and the 49ers, obviously the games last weekend of the divisional round. But as a Jets fan, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm trying, as much as I was dejected last week watching Allen and Mahomes and thinking how far Zach Wilson is from those two guys, I watched Burrow today go into Arrowhead and win and now get to the Super Bowl. And call me crazy, but I'm looking at the fact that this team, this Bengals team, had one win a couple of years ago, one or two wins. It was the worst team in the league in, in 2019 drafted Burrow. And listen, obviously, Zach Wilson showed nothing compared to what Burrow showed last year, even an injury-riddled year where, where obviously Burrow went out for the year with his injury last year. Um, but th th this is the dream. This is the, the NFL dream for a team to go from worst team in the league to a five-win team, five team, and then now uh, the AFC title game winner and representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. So, listen, I know the Jets have a lot of problems to fill. Uh, we're still unsure about the coaching staff with, with with everybody, and obviously the defense is a long way to go. But why why can't the Jets do better than just competing for the playoffs next year? I mean, again, again there's a lot of things that have to happen. There's another good draft that has to happen by Douglas. But um, as a, as a as a Jets fan who tries to put a positive spin on things, I'm encouraged watching the Bengals now um, win the game against the Chiefs today, and I will be pulling for the Bengals because it is certainly an underdog story, uh, regardless of what, what the what the line for the game is going to be in a couple of weeks against the Rams. So uh, thanks as always, JJ. Later. Yeah, I understand that. And you're going to hear a lot of that now around the league. The Bengals had the worst record in the NFL just two years ago. And listen, my team, my franchise, played the Bengals in 2019, won a meaningless game, beat the Patriots, which I was fired up about, but they lost out on the number one pick. Joe Burrow has it. He's special. My quarterback right now, I can't say that he's special, period. The Jet quarterback and Zach Wilson, can I say he has the look and the feel of, of Joe Burrow after one year? No, now that could change. Narratives change in the NFL. 
Josh Allen went from being a guy who was a total stiff his first year to now being this absolute beast in his fourth year of playing in the league. So I'm not saying that Zach Wilson can't play. What I am telling you is if you think Cincinnati's model is sustainable, it's not. They hit the pot of gold. They got the quarterback. They got his receiver in college who is can't miss and is a star. They hit on Higgins back half of the first round. And they hit a pot of gold. Sometimes it works out like that in the NFL. Tom Brady, six-round pick. Perfect example. Do I think the Jets next year are playing in the Super Bowl? I hate to burst anybody's bubble. The answer to that question is a resounding no. If you think Cincinnati's model is the norm, you're not paying attention. Much easier said than done. Get the right quarterback, everything falls into place. That's usually the way it works. Last but not least. All right, let's hear it, Steph. Hello, JJ. This is Yu Yang from uh, Vancouver, BC. Um, I love your show. Um, I love the fact that you're from New York, but let me be quick. So I wanted to ask you a clarifying question um, so that I would better understand your position. It's very nuanced about the Hall of Fame. Your Hall of Fame take about Barry Bonds and Clemens, I, I agree with you 100%. These guys are Hall of Famers, right? To me, there's no doubt about it. But there's, to me, there's like two, uh, the, the, the nuanced question, and let me get to it, is that do you think they are Hall of Famers because they would have made it without steroids? Meaning the, they, the fact that they did steroids later in their careers uh, proved that they would have been Hall of Famers even if they were clean players, right? Quote, unquote, whatever that means. Or are you in the camp that not only should uh, Bonds and Clemens be in the Hall of Fame, because, uh, but also guys like Sammy Sosa, um, guys like, um, Alex Rodriguez. Um, to me, those two are the most obvious kind of cases where they should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, if you are going to let all the steroid guys in. So just want to clarify on that because uh, that's important to me because, um, only because I feel like there's a lot of uh, people that are, um, in it on themselves hypocrites because they feel like, okay, I'll put Bonds and Clemens in, but not Sammy Sosa. And I want to make it clear, I'm not from Chicago, clearly. I don't care about the Cubs. I'm also not a fan of Sammy Sosa, because he just, you know, whatever, kind of weird to me. But his stats with the 600 home runs, he's got to be in there. What do you think? All right, peace out. Thank you for my rant, and um, have yourself a great day in New York. All right. I understand that argument. And you're going to look at the numbers for McGuire, Sosa, Palmero, and you're going to want to put them in the Hall of Fame. I know this about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. They're all-time greats. So you want to put all the steroid guys in fine? I know those guys with their tenure with Pittsburgh and San Francisco, Clemens with the Red Sox, was on his way to Cooperstown. The idea that we're now putting David Ortiz in and not those two guys, yeah, you're right. At this point, put them all in at this point. Honestly, just put them all in. I'm so over the conversation. I'm so over it. Put them all in. Enough is enough. How do you tell a story in 1990s baseball without Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens? For starters, the best hitter and arguably the best pitcher of my lifetime. Food for thought. We go from your outstanding voicemails. My main man, Harry Gagnon, against all odds. We'll see if he's got any live futures going into the Super Bowl. He's up next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So we welcome in from the Degenerate Trifecta, one of my great friends, and I hope he might have a future or two pending for this year's Super Bowl. Holy moly, Harry Gagnon. How crazy. Six straight unbelievable games for the NFL. Best reality show on television, my man. Sick, dude. It's absolutely sick. It's fantastic action, fantastic games. And, uh, you know, before the season, Cousin Sal and the boys, Parlay Kid, Brother Brown, they mocked me. They laughed at me, JJ, when I gave out, when we went over our, our props for the season and I gave off the Bengals at plus 450 to make it Ooh, to the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like it. And I've been riding them. Been riding Joe Burrow, baby. Well, it's funny. You've been riding them. I've been going against them basically every single week. And Harry, let's be honest, bro. They were fortunate to win the Raider game, fortunate mm-hmm. to win the Titan game, but it's surviving advance. But at 21-3 against that quarterback Ooh. and against that team, bro, I thought they were cooked. I thought this had 38-10 written all over it. And the fact that the Bengals survived the end of the half, survived this game, and then went outright. Harry, all the time we spent on the overtime rules last week, Kansas City gets it first, and they turn it over. Unbelievable, right? Look, look, this orange is, I'm sorry, this isn't Miami Dolphins orange. This is Cincinnati Bengal orange, baby. That was something else. I'll tell you what, this team, two wins a season now against Kansas City. Uh, I know everyone last week, Said nine sacks, Tennessee. They were fortunate. It's not going to happen this week against KC's defensive line. Well, they only got to him once. They got to Mahomes four times, picked him off twice. Defensive end Trey Hendrickson, what a pickup from the Saints. JJ, one and a half sacks today. He's had a, at least a half sack in 12 of his last 13 games. He was injured with a concussion. He went, for, he, he, he went and played this game, played the game of his life. Well, on the other side, I had the Rams at the beginning of the year to win the Super Bowl and had a sweat out last week. Um, they didn't play great in the middle of the year. I liked them in this game, but I knew it was going to be a dogfight against the Niners. The mm-hmm. Niners have had their number. The Niners had a 10-point lead in this game, Harry. So I yeah. give the Rams, Stafford, Cup, Beckham credit because they found a way. It wasn't pretty. It was not mm-hmm. their best performance by any means, but it's survive in advance. And when you can survive your coach using all of his timeouts before the 10-minute uh, mark in the fourth quarter and win the game? Mm-hmm. Hey, bro, you might got something cooking right about now. Fantastic. And you nailed it, too, J.D. You said Stafford, but more than anything, Cup, 142 yards. Last week against Tampa, 183. Guy really deserves to be MVP of the league after what he's done. Really does. Um, and uh, and Beckham. You mentioned Beckham. Huge game. Nine catches, 113 yards. He has scored in more than half of the games that he's played for the Rams. What an addition. And it got them to the next level, and they're in the Super Bowl. Let's get to the opening line, my friend. Mm-hmm. I saw three and a half this morning. It immediately moves to four. My guess, Harry, my mm-hmm. guess, 
there's going to be a lot of public sentiment to take the Bengals. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are going to buy into the Joe Burrow storyline. They're going to buy the idea of the Bengals being this upstart underdog, worst of first. And I don't think people want to back the Rams. My gut feel, they are going to be wanting the books, that is, a lot mm-hmm. of public money on the Bengals. But I think a lot of the wise guys end up coming in on the Rams. That's just my initial early yeah. lean. I think you're on to that. I think you're dead on. But, I mean, again, look here. San Francisco's defense was fantastic this whole postseason. Against Dallas, one touchdown pass, allowed zero to Rodgers, picked off Stafford today, and they were fantastic. Not a ton of offense out of the Rams here. But I'm just – I think I'm still going to lean here. I saw the totals at 49 and a half. Uh, I see, like you said, the spread's 39 and a half. I love both unders today, by the way, Harry. I was on both unders. and I love. I love the Kansas City Cincy under, and I'm like sweating that out. I'm like doing math. If the game goes to overtime, can I still hit? I yeah. end up hitting. Thank goodness. Under in the other game was easy. It hit with uh mm-hmm. with really no sweat. I would expect this total is going to go up, and I think if you like the under for the Super Bowl, you wait as long as possible to bet it. That's my feeling. Makes sense because you can also, if, if the Cincinnati can grind the ball out a little bit on the ground, uh, Mixon had a nice game with 88 yards today. You get him getting first downs, keeping that clock running. The under might be a play for the Super Bowl. You may you might be on to that where you want to bet it late into the uh, ne- in the next two weeks, see how it goes here. Maybe you can get another point, point and a half here. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going against the Bengals. They're your not. squad, bro. And listen, the Rams yeah, are not. my squad. It's it's That's why I'm glad that you're on because basically we feel, you know, you're sticking with I, your boys. I'm sticking mm-hmm. with my boys. We're going to go from there. One thing I'd say, though, Harry, if mm-hmm. you like Cincinnati, are you going to pounce on four immediately or are you going to wait? I, you know, I, I think I'm going to pound. I'm, I'm going to, I'll give it a day or two, but I'm if I, if it's four, I don't want to mess with it going back down. I want four, maybe even buy it. The, I'll even buy it the four and a half just to make sure you get over that nice uh, football number that you usually land on sometimes. I, I think it's just over. And plus I'm going to take a little, little taste of the money line with the Bengals because I'll tell you what, Joe Burrow is a winner. He's special, bro. Harry, I'm telling you, I told a couple of guys back in November, I'd rather have him than Herbert. They thought I was crazy. They thought I was on something. They thought I Mm -hmm. was drunk. The reason being that it factor, that clutch, that intangible, that leadership, you can't account for that, bro. And I've seen it in college. I I see it now in the NFL. The guy has it, dude. He has it. He has it. And we saw what, we saw what, uh, Kyler Murray did in the Rams playoff game. We saw what happened at the end today against with uh, uh, Jimmy G through the pick to end the game. But you know what? Like I said, mentioned he did take nine sacks against the Titans last week. That was probably very smart of him to do instead of throwing ill-advised passes that maybe get picked off and returned. It could have cost him that game. I I just think that that was very smart that he did that because look, they made it. They didn't have any real errors in those games. They were fantastic at the end. Evan McPherson, by the way. Guys, clutches as can be too. Guys, oh, he's clutches nails. He's Venetary. He's Justin Tucker. And when you have a kicking edge tight mm-hmm. game, it absolutely comes into play. So the sense I get, Bengals under is how you're leaning in this game, or no? I am. I'm, I'm looking at if the totals at 49 and a half. Going to maybe let's say 50, uh, 51. You know what? Not a lot. Again, not a lot of offense out of the Rams today. Um, and I like that defensive line for the Bengals. Four sacks and uh, two picks. I'm going to say right now, early early prediction, J.D. How about this? Cincinnati 26, Rams 21. Okay. 
Okay. All I'm right, not ready right. on a score yet. I know I'm going to be betting the under. <laughs> I'm, pumped, I'm just man. not I'm ready on a score. Um, Before you say goodbye, Syracuse yesterday. Best Ooh. win of the year. Who is that team? What happened to Syracuse? Will they sucker us back in? And I'm making a tournament. They're not. They're, they're, not. they're, they're just not good enough defensively. But in a weak ACC, Harry, yeah. will we have meaningful late February, early March <laughs> basketball? What does your gut tell you? I, I don't think so. I mean, that was one game, one win, and we've been we've been. You got to see know, more. So you need to I see them rattle see off more. like four out of five, three out of four, and then maybe we have that combo. Yeah, buddy, he's having a decent season, not the season that I really expected. He's a of him. point guard. Well, that's yeah. the problem. Gerard's been fine, but he's not a real mm-hmm. point guard, Harry. It's killing him. I know. Him. Yeah, I mean, it, you just, I just got to see. Yeah, I got to see more out of his brother as well. I got to see bench get into it, get get more. Active outside of the uh, outside of the starting five. I gotta, I gotta see more, JJ. I really. Do you do. have a juicy long shot future that I gotta get on board with for the tournament? Let's go here. Do you got one? Boy, let's see. Uh, ooh, two, 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 two. Um, boy, I mean, I, I like uh, who have been riding. I've been right. I like USC. I like USC. Do you? Interesting. They're they're a tough team. Love the coach. Uh, and uh, they were one of the last teams to lose during the whole to, until everyone had their one loss. I, USC could be a sleeper. You know, I was even thinking though, Oregon. I was thinking Oregon. Mm-hmm. It's even more of a long shot. And they I know it's asking nice a lot. They got wins over UCLA and UC, USC right now, bro. Beat yeah. them both on their home court. True. They always oh, get better too as the year goes along. They always get better. USC had a good team last year. They lost Mobley, but I still still think they can make a run this year too. Harry Gagnon, I know we'll be chatting a lot more over the next couple of weeks. So enjoy all the festivities with the uh, the trifecta. Uh, maybe I'll see you in a few weeks. I'll be in Vegas for the final four, by the way. Just put that oh. on your calendar. Just, uh, just so it. you know. Marking it down right now, brother. The great Harry Gagnon. All right, we'll talk, buddy. Good stuff. You got right? it, buddy. See ya. See ya, pal. From Harry Gagnon, we'll say goodbye with Jeff Money and a play for Monday. Coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, before we say goodbye, what a loaded show and good feel early. I'm not ready with props. I'm not ready to give out all my Super Bowl picks. But listen, I'm on the Rams 15-1. You think I'm betting the freaking Bengals in two weeks? No chance. All right, Jeff Money, what do you got in store for Monday? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper. Picks would be for tomorrow, Monday the 31st. Got a college basketball play for you right now. In the last two weeks, I'm 16-4. and four. My play for tomorrow on the 31st, Monday, is going to be number 901, New Mexico, plus the 13-and-a-half over San Diego State. Again, my play for tomorrow in college basketball is going to be New Mexico plus the 13 and a half. And everyone can always follow my daily uh, picks on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. 
Let's go, Jeff Money. Hats off on a great run. Hats off on a great championship Sunday. I'll keep it short and sweet. Notre Dame for me, plus five and a half. They've been hot against Duke at home. I'm grabbing the points. They'll be in that game. Number two, final thought. Jim freaking Harbaugh. Get him to the Miami Dolphins. That's what I want. I want Harbaugh. I want Fangio. I want him in South Florida. Ross, you got a zillion dollars. Get him out of Michigan and get him in South Beach. Ann Arbor or Miami Beach, 12 months of the year. Sorry, Michigan. You decide on that one. Get it done. I love you all. Fabulous pod. We're back Tuesday. We'll hear what Mr. Dable has to say. Should be intriguing. I'm looking forward to it. Steph, great work. JJ out. Enjoy your Monday. Be good, everybody.